Today's show is made possible by your friends, Ron and Don, licensed realtors with Windermere Midtown. They came super prepared, and they were quick to see that, even though I never told them. Uh, and I really appreciated that. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 141 of The Ron and Don Show. He's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. It's a picture-perfect day in the great Pacific Northwest, and we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. Coming up, there's a huge rally in Seattle over the weekend. There's also a city council uh, that has decided, when it comes to our police chief, our African-American female police chief, they're going to pay her a lot less than they've ever paid any police chief before. We'll talk to that in a moment. And also, how do you say goodbye to someone during a pandemic? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Every time I stepped out the door, every time I picked up my phone this weekend, Ron, people were talking about that uh, that story that we saw in the Seattle Times about real estate and how crazy the market is right now. Why is the market so crazy right now, specifically in Seattle, but of course across the country too? We're in the middle of a raging pandemic. We hear that the unemployment numbers are the worst they've been since the Great Depression. And here we are in an election cycle where a lot of times before an election, people aren't out buying and selling real estate. It is pretty nutty right now. Yeah, it's interesting. I I, I want to caution people, though, a little bit when you read the Seattle Times story, because that kind of usually lags uh, uh, what's going on in the market a little bit. And then they also take stats from the entire region and try to aggregate those together. So the one cool thing about that story, because I read the the same story you did, is they did break it down by neighborhood. And so like, I I have uh, an investment property, and I went to that neighborhood. It's like, oh, sweet. This market's been up almost 17% year to year, which is just crazy for me to think about uh, if that's actually true. Obviously, you can't realize any of those gains until you sell the house, but it does make you feel good. I get the little jolt of like, wow. So, I mean, there there's two things going on here, I think, with uh, people. And it, it, it when you zoom out, it, it impacts uh, Seattle in a very specific way. You still, when you, there are still people moving here. There are still these Fortune 10, Fortune 5 companies that are hiring because they're rolling right along and steamrolling in a lot of ways uh, during the pandemic. So, all the the brand names you know, Amazon, Microsoft, both of their cloud services are just booming. Uh, You know, we, we have worked with a client that works with the Alexa division. So, like, they're booming. So, like, there's a lot of good stuff happening in tech right now. so those folks need a place to live. Um, if you get your PhD in math somewhere and then you get hired by one of these big tech firms and you move here, uh, you need a house and inventory is down by 50% from a year over year. And then demand is up over a hundred percent of what it was last year. Mm. So you have low demand or high demand, low inventory. You go back to high school economics and that makes price go up. And so I think everybody can see that when you zoom out even farther for me, the interesting part is when you get into smaller communities and when you get into not just Seattle and the Tacoma area, Mm -hmm. um, that's where it gets super interesting to me. So 
what is going to happen to to those neighborhoods? What is going to happen to someone where you have a lot of households where uh, one person w- worked in the restaurant industry and the both both people work in the service industry some way and they've been shut down? Maybe you got a, a school teacher and someone that works in the restaurant industry, and so what happens to them? Uh, what happens to those households as we continue to move forward? Or maybe you have a, a, a bartender. I mean, you get the point. I'm, I'm pulling jobs out of, out of my mind and <laughs> I'm not finding uh, good examples. Um, so I, I think that when you read these stories in the Seattle Times, um, it depends on what side of the fence you're on. If you were already on the side of the fence that had a good job, had good savings, had some assets in real estate, you're doing a bit of a fist pump. If you're on the other side of that ledger uh, and you are a person that doesn't have those things, maybe you didn't have a savings, maybe you're working a, a week-to-week job uh, or you struggle to put uh, pay your rent every single month, that's even more discouraging because you're thinking, wait a second, like I can't find work right now. I'm having to homeschool my kids. Like I don't know how I'm going to keep this all together. And then um, you look at the you look at these real estate prices, and it's like I, I'm never going to be a homeowner. So like I, I feel for both sides of the equation because it, it is difficult. Um, you know, we've worked with people that you know have a military background. They're like, can I buy a house with a VA loan? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, it's 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 tough right now because you have so to compete. You have to compete with folks that that are com- moving in here from from out of state to to get these high tech jobs. Um, it's interesting to, to think about are those, I always assumed that this huge part of the iceberg that was under the water supporting the, the tech community were essential. In other words, uh, you know, all those restaurants around Amazon, let's say, uh, essential. Then Tom Douglas just goes, I'm out, I'm done. And so he pulls two of the cornerstone restaurants that are literally in the bottom floor of an Amazon building in South Acuna, and he just leaves. So, and, and does it, I don't know if that matters or not. Uh, you drive by that Amazon Go store down there, the one where you just walk in and walk out. Um, it's still open. Like I see people working in there. I don't know how many people. I don't know how many customers are going in and out. Uh, there's a restaurant right by the the Amazon Globes. I think it's called Twenty One Twenty that I, I would go to relatively frequently. Um, and like, will that place be around? Like, it, it's it needs it feeds off of you know people. In Amazon coming down and going to lunch or going to an early dinner, going to a happy hour uh, after their day. And those sort of jobs I always thought were tied intrinsically together. And I don't know if they are anymore. Um, If those things go away, you might have the desert up here back in South Lake. You you and I have lived in, in Seattle long enough to remember when nobody was down there. I mean, it's still sometimes you go in there and it's a little bit of a tumbleweed rolling down the streets, but it's more vibrant than it's been in our lifetimes. And maybe it's going back to that where we don't have the banana stand out there in front of people walking around anymore. That's... I don't know. They're, they're, the haves and the have-nots see this thing two entirely different ways. Yeah, we're recording this real early on a Monday morning. We have a couple of Ron and Don sit-downs coming up. And one of the questions that Ron always asks, I think is a great question, especially when people are ready to sell. It's like, okay, but then what's next? Where are you going? Because if you're going to sell in an up market like this, and the market is certainly up, uh, we have some listings very, very busy over the weekend, then you have to know where you're going, though. And what we're seeing is a trend line of people saying, 
I'm going to get my money out now. Then I'm going to just go out and rent something. And I'm going to wait for the market to maybe cycle back down a little bit. This market's not going to crash, in my opinion. But it will cycle down after the November elections when you have Democrats and Republicans say, we're not going to sit here and print money anymore. Uh, we're going to go ahead and some way we got to figure out a way how to pay for all this. So, hey, coming up on the Run of Don show, uh, a big big protest over the weekend but this time it was cops that were protesting we'll talk about that and also how do you say goodbye to someone during a pandemic it's the ron and don show only on the ron and don radio network it's ron and don here for les schwab and you know every time we broadcast we're live from the les schwab studios and you know what's so cool about les schwab a lot of you are getting ready to hit the road again you've taken a summer trip now you're taking a second summer trip before we get to school, before you do that, make sure you stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. Get a free pre-trip safety check before you hit the road. Yeah, right? and tires and wheels are only two parts of the essential safety checklist. It also includes alignment, battery, brakes, and shocks. And while a lot of other tire places don't offer that, Les Schwab does. Les Schwab knows that your family's safety is riding on more than your tires. So here's a little tip I learned. You can get all of those parts checked out with a free pre trip safety check let the pros at les schwab do the visual inspection of your vehicle's safety components including alignment shocks brakes and more schedule it get to a pre-trip safety check at leschwab.com or stop by your local les schwab or stop by your local les schwab tire center that's les schwab doing the right thing matters they're hard workers, they're hustlers, and they're fun to hang out with at the same time. <laughs> when it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. That's what commercial real estate expert Laura Miller did. I purchased a home in Alki, and it was a really cute uh, mid-century modern home. It was uh, a lot of more management than I expected. And I am a broker, but I do handle commercial. I don't do residential. And Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide their services were, it just made it easy. It was a lay down. Ron and Don seemed completely committed to listening to what my needs were and addressing them. I also got the sense that they're adaptable to what different clients' needs are. So for me, what was important was communication, ability to reach the brokers, to feel like I still had a fair amount of control on the deal. I like to have a fair amount of communication as to what's going on in the market, what are you doing today, <laughs> to um, you know move the sale forward. And they were collaborative. They came forward with some really great ideas, even little details like, could you water the plant while you're there? They're like, uh, of course. And they would show me them watering the plant. <laughs> the weekend that we sold the house, um, they were really successful and they came up with some creative ideas and they were always present, completely available to accommodate my schedule. Uh, we did most of our meetings in what I would consider off hours, late night meetings, no problem. Never felt rushed always felt like they were really attentive to details. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. We did really well. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. To the Ron and Don Show. And yes, my dad's pretty annoying. All right. 
All right, you guys, episode 141. And don't forget, if you want to sit down and talk about your real estate journey, like we're just talking about real estate, let's do a Ron and Don sit down like we're doing later this morning. Just go to ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. Big protest over the weekend, and it's usually police officers that are out protecting protesters. And this time, you had to have some police officers out protecting Well, police officers and protesters, Uh, city council has now uh, made a decision that our police chief here, Carmen Best, will make 40% less uh, than she was making. And this is really interesting. In a Black Lives Matter environment, you have a police chief who is African-American, who is rank and file for over 30 years, an incredible story. And Ron, a lot of people think, number one, it's pretty incredible that they voted to pay her less. And number two, it looks like they may dismantle part of the Seattle Police Department. Yeah, I know we talk to police a lot, and I always step back. I do think it's important. I think that when you live in a city, you want to feel like you're safe. Uh, I do think you want uh, all the citizens to feel like they're respected and their point of view is taken into account. Um, And so I I get where people are coming from. I I think in a way that this is not going to go down the way people think it's going to go down. And, And here's why. You have institutional memory right now of how this city's put together and how it works. And then you also have these relatively new faces on a Seattle City Council that lean very far to the left. And in some ways, I I enjoy that tension because you have, even with Shama Sawant that everyone loves to, to rail on, she gets voted in, so she has enough votes And she uh, runs a a successful campaign to get enough votes to win. And so her voice deserves to be heard. She can be a bit of a bully uh, and try to ram her point of view down. But she is pulling things way over to the left. And you have people that are paying attention um, to loud voices. and, And people that are saying, listen. We've never been heard. We've never been represented. Uh, or that's what they feel like. And maybe it's true. I'm talking about Black Lives Matter and, and minorities and, and a lot of different factions inside of the city limits. And so they're pulling hard uh, in one way. Then you have the status quo and the people that are entrenched in the, the way business has been done for decades. And that's resisting. So you sort of have this mountain in a way that's an immovable object, and then you have a bunch of people pulling on it uh, in various directions. And so that tension, I think, is good. I think that's what democracy is all about. There's people getting in a room and going, we really disagree about police, let's say, and let's figure it out. In the meantime, though, you're going to have crime that happens and uh, people that need to call 911 you're going to have like when they they voted to dismantle the uh the team navigation the teams. navigation teams and it's like well, I live in a neighborhood where I can find you a junkie within a quarter mile of my house right now if you and I left my the Ronadon studios I could show you a, I I bet I could find you a junkie within a quarter on foot you and I could go out and in 10 minutes we could probably find someone, I bet, that has a needle in their arm right now. So it's disheartening to me as a citizen to go, okay, so you're dismantling the navigation team. What what replaces that? Yeah. If, I you, think- if, you, if you don't want a cop to show up with lights and sirens, and if you don't want the navigation team, so right now today, 
And I know the guy, early 20s, he sits under the bridge right up the street. He shoots up just about every day. Uh, uh, what, do you, what do we have for that guy? Do we just want to wait for him to overdose and die? And then we take him to Harborview? Like, what, what is the plan? And so because of that, the realities of life, philosophically, maybe you go, hey, we don't want a navigation team. Practically, though... That guy still is shooting up today. Yeah. This is what Jenny Durkin needs to explain to us. And instead of pandering to the police or instead of pandering people that are far to the left, a couple of months ago before the pandemic, she and Carmen Best were saying to uh, the federal judge that was overseeing the Seattle Police Department that, hey, lessons learned. We're one of the best departments in the country. We're one of the best departments in the world. In fact, if you look at the class we just recruited, 39% of our class that we just recruited, they're African-American. They're minorities. They're brown people. They're Asian. They're Hispanic. They're women. Is there any other police department in the country that can say this? And you know what the Seattle uh, City Council has decided? And it looks like the mayor has decided this too. They're going to dismantle the recruiting arm of the Seattle Police Department. They're going to just dismantle it. I know the woman that runs it. She has spent her life uh, in inner cities trying to get black and brown people involved involved in the police department so they're not on the outside looking in but they actually are a part now of that change so you've dismantled your recruiting department the navigation department i've been out with the navigation department these are basically social workers who happen to be cops with badges and guns they know every single person that is out on that street they don't refer to them as junkies they refer to them as ben or they refer to them as mary or they refer to them as sean they know all of them and they love them they have a connection with them and now to pull all these navigation teams when if you look at some of the stories the opioid crisis during the pandemic is the worst it's ever been it doesn't feel that way to us because we don't see story after story after story because right now we're seeing story after story after story about the pandemic so i think it's really important as ron just said and we learned this in real estate anytime that we have a client that knows where they're going it is so much easier to sell their home because they know where they're going. Someone has painted a portrait of, hey, this is where you're going. Whether you're moving out of state, in state, changing neighborhoods, downsizing, upsizing, right-sizing, whatever, you know where you're going. Right now, the city of Seattle doesn't know where it's going because now you have the same mayor saying, you know what, we're gonna dismantle this thing and we're gonna put it back together and it's gonna be the best police department in the world. Well, supposedly it was the best police department in the world a number of months ago. So how did it become such a crappy police department just in the past couple months, right? So I think somebody needs to stand in the center here, be a bridge builder, make some sense of all this. And I think for the Seattle City Council to send a message to the police department and to Carmen Bess, our African-American female chief, and to cut her pay, I think that really sends the wrong message so let's figure out where we're going if we're not going to have navigation teams what are we going to have and if we're not going to recruit black and brown people to be a part of the solution to be a part of the police department and in fact all the police officers that you want to fire right now are the younger police department uh younger officers those are officers that are black brown female women that have joined to become part of the system to see if they can change it. All right, we come back. One more segment. Let's talk about saying goodbye to someone in the midst of a pandemic. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to episode uh, 141. Don't forget, we're Ron and Don, licensed brokers at Windermere. If you want to sit down with us, just go to ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. My family, we're talking about how do you say goodbye to someone. My, uh, I have an aunt who is currently in hospice care, kind of long-term hospice care, but at some point when it's time to say goodbye to her, how do we do that? And recently, my cousins have just begun to be able to see my aunt, uh, they're not supposed to be near her, hug her, kiss her, but they can basically sit on the other side of the room and, and try somehow to interact uh, with her. Ron, you went somewhere over the weekend, and we'll just guard privacy here. We won't talk about who it is, but uh, talk a little bit about what it's like to say goodbye to someone during a pandemic, because you kind of went through this with a group of folks over the weekend, and uh, it was it was pretty powerful, wasn't it? Yeah, there, I had a gathering of uh, a friend, and, and Don and I have done this over the years, who uh, took her own life. And that always, of course, adds a unfortunate wrinkle of sadness uh, to, to everything. And so there was a, a gathering of folks, and um, it was sad and tragic in some ways and, and also good to be around other folks i wore a mask the whole time not everybody there did wear a mask but uh, i did most people were wearing a mask uh we uh, everyone told some stories about this person uh their favorite memories and uh, we there was some music that was played some really great uh, musicians that, that came out to pay tribute and um in fact one of the musicians who is uh, played in very big bands i was talking I was like hey man that was a great set and he goes you probably don't remember me but my very first public gig was with ron and don uh <laughs> back in the day and i was like what it's like you played with this band and that band and the other band and he's like yeah and I, he said you recognize me i was like not with the beard not if it was that long ago so anyways that was a different story for a different day but um i think the thing for me that was uh that was interesting is you get a picture in your mind uh, of your experience with a person. And so you know them the way that you know them. You met them the way that you met them. The only context you have really is when you're with specific people. And so you sort of build your opinion in your portrait of this person. And then and it's, it's always strikes me that this happens when someone is gone. Now you're hearing the stories of everybody else and their experience with that person mm. and how they interacted. And you get a different angle, a different facet, uh, if you think of it as a, as a diamond of like, oh, well, that, that's not the experience that I had, but okay, that makes sense. So you start to get a, a more full picture. And so I, I learned a bunch of things uh, about some people this weekend was like, wow, like this, this makes a lot of sense. And I get, I think I'm rambling here a little bit, but my, my takeaway, um, is I don't know if the pandemic and the isolation of that pandemic contributed at all to this situation, but there are people listening right now that are probably really struggling and I, that, that feel this pull of one, I'm, I'm very, I should be grateful 
I have a roof over my head. I have food in my fridge. Um, I have, maybe I'm working remotely. Like I have so much to be thankful for. And at the same time, you're like, I feel a profound loneliness, a profound darkness. Maybe I'm, I'm slipping into some bad habits or I just want to lay on the, in my bed all day. I, I don't have the motivation to get up anymore. Um, and a depression can come in in, in, in you look out there, there are days where I, I can, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to see the, the lake out my window. There are days I look out there and see people on their boats or see people on the stand up paddle boards and be like, part of me wants to be out there and part of me is like, I'm not going out there. Like I'm not going to go, uh, in a pandemic and just chill, uh, with, you know what I'm saying? Like there's this weird thing. And so I guess my message would be to folks, if you are struggling, like you, you gotta talk to people. I, I read a story this morning preparing for the show that just men in America have this masculinity uh, armor, where it's like I don't need a mask. I'm a tough guy. Like I, I, I'm gonna, I can go out. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna do my thing. I'm work, and and you you see this manifesting all over the place, and uh, you just you, you need to talk. Like when you're going through a tough time, find someone, one person, if that's all it is. A, a, it can be a fishing buddy. It could be a guy at work, someone you knew from high school, like reach back, make a connection. I, I have a very good friend that we now do a weekly Zoom call and we just we just talk. And part of it is fart jokes and making fun of each other like we did you know, 25 years ago, but part of it is like, Hey, how, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, what is good? You're like, there's a lot of stress in your life right now. What is happening? Uh, so you have some kind of outlet and, and you go to this memorial service and it's like, ah, uh, you know, it, it's, it's very sad when someone makes that decision and, and I don't know all the details. I don't need to know all the details, but, uh, it's, it's something that you, don't wish on anybody. Yeah, and I'm sorry for your loss. Um, yeah, I read uh, yesterday, uh, one in three Americans really struggling uh, with mental health. Uh, a lot of that is men, because we have a hard time uh, talking about these things, and I know uh, that I've been the poster child for that for a long time. And there's just something about telling somebody else, telling somebody else something, that drags it from the darkness, it brings it into the light. And somehow, uh, you learn to be okay with those emotions. And you learn to live with those emotions. And you learn to not run from those, but to face those uh, head on as they come at you. And, and so oftentimes, for me, in my own life, I pivot run. So, to stand there, to address it, to acknowledge it. And then a lot of times what you find out, it's not as big and bad is maybe you've built it up to be in your own emotion. So just having someone to talk to. Uh, I see a lot of us aren't reaching out to other people right now because we feel silly in doing that. And uh, don't feel silly. Just reach out. All right. Hey, thanks for stopping by the Ron and Don Show, episode number 141. Don't forget, you can always reach out to us. Even if it's not about real estate, you guys, you can uh, just go to ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. Have a great week. It's a picture perfect day in the great Pacific Northwest. We love you guys. Keep your head up, your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time for episode 142 only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.